Sounds great, doesn't it? And we talk NFL football. It's me, Bean, and today I have with me Dario again in the house. Welcome back. And uh, let's go straight to the last week's fixtures. I was really surprised by Tennessee to start off with. But I want to tell you one thing, Dario. The one thing I really learned from this week was the Cowboys probably have like the best tandem tight end partnership in the NFL. Um, Dak... On third downs, he looks he looks for them. He gets big gains out of them. Dalton Schultz has been getting a few touchdowns. Uh, and then Blake Jarvin slowly joining the party. Uh, you know, I was going to say, like, the Philadelphia Eagles with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz before Goddard's injury and Zach Ertz's departure to the curtain. Pretty good tight end core as well. But Dallas, like, they really, they really target them quite a bit. And in a team where you have... Tony Pollard, Zeke, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, all these kind of people. And, you know, for the, for the two tight ends to sort of s- stick out a little bit in terms of performance, I do feel like that's big for Dallas. I'm going to hand it off to you. What did you think about this weekend? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, Dallas is, is hitting their stride now, and I think they've been using their tight ends maybe a little bit more than what I expected just because the receivers are so good. Um, I think my, I don't know if I, I'd say I'm surprised, but, uh, something that I guess I'm not surprised that this team was as good as they were. I just am surprised of the score of this game. Uh, that's the Ravens and the chargers. Uh, mm-hmm. I really thought that that, that was last week. That was my game to look forward to. I really thought it was going to be a tight game. And the Ravens showed up to play. And I I don't think that's a knock on the Chargers. Um, I really just think the Ravens might be that good. I think the Ravens have shown flashes the past few years. But I think this year really might be the year that they become that elite status. Uh, So that's my big takeaway of the week. But I tell you what, it was a good weekend of football. Absolutely. It's some high-scoring games. Cleveland, Arizona, I enjoyed watching that one as well. But Lamar Jackson is, is one of the top five, top six quarterbacks in terms of yards per throwing attempt. And it's sometimes overlooked, you know, when you talk about Lamar, like you always talk about his running ability. But he's been able to hit uh, Marquise Brown on a few attempts. Um, and, of course, Mark Andrews. So th- there's there's good things if you're Baltimore and that defense, especially after that game against Indianapolis, um, really really stood up against the high that high octane Chargers offense. And we'll go straight into this week, Dario Week Seven, and uh, Cleveland against Denver uh, from the First Energy Stadium on Thursday night. Um, there's no other way to call this but the injury bowl, I guess. <laughs> With yeah. the no, no Baker, no Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Terry Bridgewater is questionable. No Jerry Judy. Um, so some big names missing there. I can, I can't seem to think of what way this game is gonna go. Cleveland are at home. They've had a few of these low-scoring games, especially last season. Uh, they often st- did struggle a little bit against Arizona. They might not have the same sort of defensive. Uh, challenge as Arizona put forward at Cleveland last week. But what do you think? I I think this might be a toss-up, honestly. Yeah, I noticed that the spread opened 
this week at Browns minus six. Um, earlier this morning, I believe it was at minus three and a half. And now the Browns are down to minus two. And I've even seen them at minus one and a half in some places. Um, and I think that's because of what you said with all the injuries they have, they're missing, like you said, their star um, skilled position players, but as well as some offensive linemen, um, a couple guys on defense are questionable. Um, I think the Browns had 22 guys on the injury report today. Yikes. So we will, uh, we'll see how that turns out, but yeah, I, I think I'm leaning towards the Broncos winning this game, but I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play, then that changes everything. I mean, these teams are about as even as it gets. They're both three and three teams. They're both three and three against the spread. And the Broncos have beat crappy teams this year and lost to good teams. And the Browns normally, I'd say, are a good team. But this week, I I just don't know. So uh, I'm leaning towards the Browns. But I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, but for all the wrong reasons. Yep, honestly, I I agree with you. Like, it's... One of those games where you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, the Cleveland run game is going to be really affected. And, and, you know, the Broncos themselves, if they don't have um, the likes of Noah Fant and, and Jerry Judy, um, you know, it's it's going to be completely different for them as well. They probably have to run the ball a lot more. Um, but Cleveland, you know, with Baker out, they probably have to look at you look at Case Keenum and say, how, how how can we give him, like, the sort of resources he needs? I mean, he has Peoples-Jones. He probably has Odell Beckham Jr. Um, well, he's questionable, too, this week, so he might not play either. I was just going to say, like, that is also a, not a given right now. So, I honestly, some, some places I did see, if like, the over of this game is 41, 42, but that's probably before all these injuries came up. I honestly think this... This might be a really low-scoring game, and it's it's probably going to end with a field goal. Um, just deciding it—that's what I think. And yeah, I agree. I agree. You want to jump into the uh, Sunday games? Honestly, yes. But before that, I just want to ask you: What's your prediction for this hard one to go? Uh, like I said, I I, I got to go Broncos money line because they they should win. But if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play, then I think I gotta hand it to the Browns. I'm gonna say Browns. Browns by three, uh, regardless of whether Bridgewater plays or not. I just think Browns at home will take a little more advantage than they did last weekend. Um, well, hopefully it's a good game on Thursday night because there have been some good Thursday night games this year. But They're really good. Yep, absolutely. And we move on to Sunday: the Packers against Washington. Uh, which is one of the first uh, one Eastern games from Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears. We've established that. <laughs> uh, there's been some praise from Tom Brady as well. Um, and Tom Brady called him a shareholder in the Chicago Bears organization, which was interesting. But again, that performance, you know, Devontae Adams didn't have a touchdown, but he still had like 80, 90 yards of receiving. Um, it. I think this Packers team is slowly warming up to what we expect from them. They're they're, they're getting all these very solid wins, um, and and you know they really look. They're obviously the favorite in the NFC North, 
Um, and Aaron Rodgers is slowly like taking control of that division as he normally does. Uh, only threw for 195 yards, which is very under, under sort of average if you're Aaron Rodgers. But he rushed for a touchdown, uh, and you know Aaron Lazard with a trick play scoring one as well, and Aaron Jones rushing for the other. So it looked like a complete offensive performance, didn't it, Dario, from the Packers? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I I love the Rodgers owning the Bears state statement. <laughs> if, if the Bears have a problem with it, then they should do something about it. But um, no, I agree. After losing badly to the Saints week one, the Packers have done nothing but turn their season around exactly how they wanted to. Um, and looking at the football team this week, um, they played the Chiefs close for three quarters of the game and then just mm-hmm. fell apart late. Uh, so... I just the Packers are back at home this week, and uh, looking at Washington again too. They they're two and four. Their two wins are are narrow wins to the Falcons and Giants, and they've faced three solid teams in the Chiefs, Saints, and Bills. And they've gotten beat by double digit points by all three teams. Yeah. Um, so I think I think. Aaron Rodgers had his statement last week, and I think he's going to carry it right on to this week. Uh, I, don't, I don't see Washington standing much of a chance. Uh, do you agree? Do you, do you disagree with that? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I think it's going to be a, a big win for Green Bay. Um, and, you know, Washington cutting their kicker. And did you see the guy's name who's coming in? Blew it. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I didn't see his name. I saw, I saw he had never kicked before, but I didn't see his name. His name is Blewett, so you know if <laughs> I he ever it. misses a game-winning field goal. <laughs> um, but uh, that's besides the point. Honestly, Washington last week, as you said, they, they played three quarters really well, but it's hard to keep up with quality teams like that. And I think you know Aaron Rodgers at home, yeah, he's gonna have a field day. So I'm I'm saying Green Bay probably like 31-13 again. Similar scoreline for for the Packers. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. I definitely definitely would go with that. And I, I saw the the over under was at forty nine last I checked, and uh, mm-hmm. I expect the Packers to put up a lot of points, but I don't see Washington scoring a whole lot. So um, I, I'm actually leaning towards the under there, just because uh, I, I like you said I could see it being like a thirty one thirteen game. Yep. Yep, Washington may not have the resources to hold up their fair share, which the same cannot be said about Tennessee because they, I I mean, I don't think nobody saw this coming, Tennessee beating the Bills last week, but they have another big test at home against Kansas City. And Kansas City coming off that big win against Washington definitely looked like a better team. Although, going into that week, Tyreek Hill was questionable. Uh, now for this week as well, and Travis Kelsey is questionable as well for the Tennessee game, which means uh, although they, they did they did run the ball better, Dario in that game, I I feel like that's something we haven't seen enough from the Chiefs, especially with Edwards Alaire now out for a while. Uh, it's important you have to match some of Tennessee's run game, and not enough can be said about Derrick Henry. Um, so how do you think that battle is going to play out the Chiefs defense against Derrick Henry? Honestly, I can only see it in one way. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, so a stat that I wrote down coming into today was that Derrick Henry has scored three touchdowns in three separate games this year. Uh, and 
I I could see him putting up another three this week, to be honest. Um, I think this is going to be a really close game because I think the Chiefs defense, with how bad they've been, they're not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. Um, But at the same time, I, I think Patrick Mahomes, who has been kind of off his game this season, he has eight interceptions, uh, he's still Patrick Mahomes. He's going to keep yep. the Chiefs in games. and But you kind of alluded to it where the Chiefs need to start running the ball more, um, which we saw a little bit last week. But their defense is going to get way too tired if they don't because if Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs down for a two-minute touchdown and then Tennessee has the ball for seven minutes as Derrick Henry yep. runs it down their throats. The Chiefs' defense is not going to last the whole game. So the Chiefs really have to find some balance this week. And I, I think I think they will, but um, it's going to be a close game. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Just to, just to touch back on Derrick Henry, uh, 783 rush yards, which is – 260 more yards than anyone else in the league, which is just ridiculous numbers. Um, 10 touchdowns, obviously, uh, and the longest of 76 yards against the Bills of all teams. So, again, I mean, if it, I I think this is going to be a close game, high-scoring game, as you said. Whatever the over is, I haven't looked at it, but if, if, you know, if they're throwing the ball, Tannehill and, and, and Mahomes are throwing it pretty well. And and if Kansas City's run game joins the party, my geez, it could be anything. So but but I still favor the Chiefs in this game. I think Tennessee played really well against Buffalo, but I think, you know, in this game, especially when you have to sort of keep up with the scoring, as much as Derrick Henry is gonna score his two, three touchdowns, um, I feel like the Chiefs are gonna win this, but not by much. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I really could go either way on this, and I think it's going to depend on how the Chiefs' defense looks. I think that's yeah. that's going to decide the game. Um, you spoke to the over. Uh, it's a very high over-under for this game. They set it at 57.5. Um, so I, I don't know if that much is going to be scored, but I – I don't know. It's it's a game. I I'd pro- the only bet I would probably take in this game is Derrick Henry to score a touchdown at some point, um, just yeah. because he's been Mister Automatic with scoring touchdowns. But yeah, I th- I think this game could go either way. That bet seems like almost a lock at this point. Um, and and in in honestly. Derrick Henry, if if he keeps going this way, he's already got ten touchdowns. Then Tennessee doesn't need to look that this offense goes through Derrick Henry. So I guess he's sort of the litmus test for how well that offense is playing. For sure. But mo- moving on to Miami against Atlanta. Atlanta coming off a of bye week. They won in London against the Jets. Not completely convincing. Uh, twenty-seven twenty win on that occasion. And then the Miami Dolphins themselves going to London, and then T Law. <laughs> just said hello. Um, maybe didn't take over as much as we expected him to, but he did lead the Jaguars to a win. And and you know we discussed it before the game, but Miami, they 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 literally like won their first game pretty well, and then four continuous defeats or five continuous defeats now with that one. 
what is going on? I mean, quarterback situation definitely doesn't help. But Tua came in, threw for 329 yards and two touchdowns. The defense definitely is not covering themselves in glory. And now they're coming up against Atlanta with that run game of Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. Um, I honestly think Atlanta is favorites for this one. They're sort of well-rested. Kyle Pitts had a really good game in London. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is slowly warming up. I mean, his stats this season have been haven't been great, but I I just I just don't see a way of Miami staying in touch in this game for some reason. I do you agree with me, Dario? Oh yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. The the Falcons are favored by two and a half, and I I think that's a a generous play for them, and I think everybody should responsibly hammer that two and a half spread because while the Falcons have not looked good, I, I, the Dolphins just are lost. They're completely lost right now. Um, nobody knows who the quarterback is, who the quarterback's going to be. Um, they've got two of their best wide receivers questionable this week. Um, like you said, the Falcons are coming off of a bye week. So, they had plenty of time to rest up and prepare for this game. And um, the Dolphins are at home. So the Falcons are a road favorite, but I don't think the Dolphins are really going to have a home field advantage. I looked earlier. You could get a ticket for $18 for this game. Wow. So if that tells you anything that tells you that they're struggling to sell tickets and Miami's not going to have much of a home field advantage. So, um, and like you said, Kyle Pitts has been playing better and better. Uh, I actually think a good bet would bet on him scoring a touchdown this week. He only has one so far this season. Um, but him and Matt Ryan are starting to look more and more in sync. And I definitely see him getting another one this week. Absolutely. And and the one touchdown he did get was in his previous game against the Jets. Uh, I just want to touch on the Miami Dolphins rushing game, which has been, at least in the previous, the Jags game was nowhere near where they wanted to be. 24 yards for Malcolm Brown, Salvon Ahmed with 22, Tua himself rushing for 22. But there's no clear, um, I don't know, like a, like a powerful beast of a running back getting most of the yards. And th- there's no like, Tandem to it, it it just seems it just seems very off color right now for Miami. Mike Gesicki had 115 yards in that game, but up, so, so just saying he's probably like the only big performer in that game for Miami. So it's gonna be tough for them. I think Atlanta is gonna win this 24-17. Dario, what about you? No, I like that. I I think the I think the Falcons are gonna probably do pretty similar what to to what they did to the Jets two weeks ago. Um, Win the game by about a score, but with like a comfortable score, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I hope I hope Jacecki has another good week. He's my fantasy tight end, but I hope that's <laughs> about the only bright spot for the Dolphins. Yep, 150 yards, 115 yards on the previous occasion. Yeah, um, that was a nice I'm, one. <laughs> they'll they'll need more of that if they are to beat the Falcons this week. Moving on, uh, the Patriots. At home at Foxborough against the Jets. Uh, well, the Patriots. Uh, overtime loss to the Cowboys. What a game that was. Um, but, you know, Mac Jones slowly looking a lot better uh, in his understanding with Bill Belichick, the offense. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had a very good game. 
um, Hunter Henry getting a touchdown. And, and it looked like offensively things were going very well. And then they just ran into Dak Prescott. And the dude just threw for like 445 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, if you ever want a, wanted a stat batter in your life, it would be Dak Prescott. Um, fantasy owner is probably very proud of him. But on most occasions, especially last year, it was the Cowboys coming from behind. And that's why he would have good stats. This time, Dallas sees through and, and get an overtime, unfortunately, for the Patriots. But I, I really was impressed with the running game for the Patriots in that game with Stevenson and uh, Damian Harris. What did you think, Dario? Yeah, I think the Patriots are a good 2-4 and four team. Uh, their past two home games have been against the Cowboys, where they, as you said, they lost in overtime in a game that they really should have put away. Yep. And they lost because Nick Folk missed the last second field goal to the Buccaneers. Um, they're at home again this week against a much worse opponent. And like you said, Mac, jo- Mac Jones has been putting things together. They're slowly starting to establish a run game. And on the other side of the ball, the Jets don't look much better. I mean, they had the win against Tennessee a couple weeks ago, but they really don't look much better than they did at the very beginning of the year. Um, yep. The Patriot, like the, the Jets, lost to the Patriots week two or week, uh, yeah, week two, I believe, twenty-five to six, and that was a home game for the Jets. And um, from what I've seen so far, uh, at least in the past two home games, the Patriots have played well. So I think it's about time that they want pull one out for that home crowd. Yep, absolutely. I I agree. I think. Uh... We've been looking at a few games this week that are pretty close and we can't tell who's going to win, but this is probably one of the more obvious ones for the reason that Mac Jones has been creating that understanding into the points that you made about the Jets' defense. Um, and that win against Tennessee just looks even better now, but is way further back than Jets fans would have hoped, especially with their game against Atlanta, where they could have maybe made a statement and carried their form on, but I, I doubt the Jets are going to do anything special. I mean, we're talking about rookie quarterbacks. Mac, Mac Jones has found his rhythm slowly. 230 yards uh, in the previous game, two touchdowns. Uh, of course, the run game was pretty good for the Patriots. But Zach Wilson is still not there yet. So I'm going New England uh, probably like 27-10 or something like that. What about you? Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty fair score. Um the only thing the Jets really have going for them in this game is that uh, they're coming off of a bye week, so they should be pretty well rested. But I, I still don't know how much do how much good that will do for them. Uh, an interesting stat, though, going into this game is that the Jets are zero and three at away games this year, and the Patriots are zero and four at home. So Ooh. one of those one of those has got to change. So. We'll see who it is, but I think it's going to be the Patriots. Something's definitely got to give. Uh, Patriots, as you said earlier, they, they've blown a couple of chances to win at home. Um, so this might finally be the week for them to win in Foxborough. Moving so. on. Yep. Moving on to the other New York team who's, who's at home uh, against Carolina Panthers, the Giants. Uh, from the MetLife Stadium. Um, and the Giants last week were absolutely destroyed 
by the Los Angeles Rams. And Matthew Stafford threw for four touchdowns, just 250 yards. But it's, again, the run game with Daryl Henderson has been perfect almost for them. He's been giving a lot of fantasy owners great points. Cooper Cup, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and unfortunate for those of you who came up against him in fantasy. Uh, Robert Woods had a touchdown, and Daryl Henderson also had a receiving touchdown. So that offense is just clicking very well. I mean, they had that blip against Arizona at home, uh, the Rams, but they're 5-1. and one. And, you know, the, it, it looks like every we were talking about the Patriots offense coming together. This offense is definitely uh, together, and that was unfortunate for the Giants. But the Giants themselves, that Daniel Jones in that game, 242 yards, three interceptions, there's there's not much to sort of celebrate. They got a garbage time touchdown. Um, but what did you think of the Giants in that game and their chances against Carolina who are, you know, somewhat losing their way a little bit after that 3-0 start? Yeah, no, you, I think you, you hit on some great points. Uh, <laughs> I think the Giants were just unfortunate to play the Rams when they did. Uh, but the Giants, again, I know Daniel Jones ended up playing last week, but... Uh, this was actually my my lock pick of the week was the Rams minus nine and a half and that that hit by a mile so um, love to see that yep but yeah the Giants just I, I I think part of its injury like it seems like every time somebody breaks out they just get injured like Kadarius Tony uh, broke out two weeks ago and played really well and then last week he gets hurt and he's doubtful for this week and. Um, yeah, I I think the giants are, they're a dumpster fire, but like, I think it's a little bit more of a controlled dumpster fire where I think later in the season, they might sneak a few wins. I don't think they'll be really good, but, um, I think it's a good thing that they're playing the Panthers this week. I will say that, uh, the Panthers started out three and O and have lost three straight since. And I don't know what to think about them. Uh, I think my biggest red flag for the Panthers is that Sam Darnold, who was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns at one point, is has just kind of fallen back to old Sam Darnold. So, yeah, I, I the Panthers are in trouble right now. I, I still think they're better than the Giants. I, I think they'll beat the Giants this week, but... I, I my instinct tells me the Panthers are going to dominate, but I just feel like this is the type of game that I could see the Giants keeping it close. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, remember the Saints game when the, the Giants played the Saints. Yeah, um, and and honestly, you hit on some great points there. Sam Donald rushing, he had forty eight yards of rushing against the Vikings, but I don't know. There's this that that whiff of confidence that the Panthers had coming into the season, and and you know their three and zero start. It sort of evaporated away a little bit. And you see that even even with the connections, you know, the, the DJ Moore, Sam Darnold connection. Yes, he had 73 yards, but, you know, no, just one uh, receiving, uh, sorry, one just one throw, passing touchdown for Sam Darnold in that whole game. So the run game really effective for um, Carolina. And they'll have to bring more of that uh, if against the Jets and, sorry, against the Giants. And we definitely hope to see Sam Darnold use his feet a lot more in this game, um, but I, I think even on a even on a good Giants day, I, I don't see them winning this one. Especially, 
I mean, we we talked about this earlier, but Carolina, the, the defense, how well they played against the Saints in that one game, for instance, they have the capability of doing that, but then they give up 34 points in an overtime loss to Minnesota. So it depends on which Carolina defense shows up. I guess that's the only thing that's stopping them from maybe winning this game comfortably or making it a close one. I still think Carolina is going to win something like 24-10 or something like that. I still I still do think Carolina is going to win at New York. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Panthers are going to win. I don't know if they'll win by 14, um, but I think they'll win, and I think they'll cover the three-point spread as well. Um, an interesting bet that uh, I think I'm going to go for in this game mm-hmm. is Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones each to have a rushing touchdown. Uh, these are two guys that love to run and love to run for touchdowns, and I think it's just a, a fun bet to root for. So if anybody wants to follow me on that one, I think that'll be a fun bet to watch. Yep, Danny Dimes running 80 yards this time, but into the end zone. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, yeah, and and that, that, that bet could honestly hit, um, especially depending on the, the kind of game that we see, we see played out and if the running game is the way to go, especially with the Giants without Saquon Barkley when they need a few yards here and there. Call on Danny Dimes, honestly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so that, that game from MetLife Stadium, uh, one Eastern. And then the final one Eastern game is from Baltimore, the Red Hot Ravens right now, Cincinnati Bengals. And this is a game that AFC North matchup, the Bengals absolutely destroyed the Lions. Uh, and the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Chargers. So, pretty good weeks for both of them in week six. And now week seven, they're playing each other. Two offenses with connections that are growing. I mentioned Lamar and Hollywood Brown. Uh, but, of course, Jamar Chase and his understanding with Joe Burrow has been definitely a highlight of the season for the Bengals. Um, that's what I expect in this game. I expect this game to be like, High high octane. It's a division game. It's in Baltimore. I expect the Ravens' offense to put up points again, and really, because they are at home, the only thing that Cincinnati will have to do is sort of keep up with that offense and and make sure they 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 have they have their Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow connection at absolute full beams during that game, and and you know they make sure they get good third down conversions because the Ravens could run away with it, I think, because they're because they're at home. It's five and one and four and two, the records of both teams. What do you think? I think the Baltimore definitely do have an advantage in this one, but it may not be as big as we have seen them have an advantage over the Bengals in previous years. I agree. Um the Ravens are six and a half point favorites. And I think the Ravens will win mostly because they're at home. Um, but I don't know if they'll cover six and a half. I think the Bengals are mm. are sneaky good, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens here. Uh, the over under is set at a modest forty seven, and you kind of alluded to the fact that both offenses are hot right now. Um, so I, I kind of expect this one to be a shootout, to be honest, which is not the traditional AFC North football that we're used to seeing. Yeah, but. Um, like you said, that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that um, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, like both of those connections are red hot right now. I think both of those receivers will catch a touchdown in this game. Um, but yeah, I I think this one, I mean, me being a Steelers fan, especially just 
being an AFC North rival, this game is especially interesting to me. But I think this might be the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Yep, absolutely. So that one of them loses <laughs> for the sake <laughs> of the Steelers. Um, and, and just touching back on that Jamar Chase connection, he had 97 yards last week. Um, almost a touchdown every game for Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe Mixon, 60 receiving yards and 94 rushing yards. So Bengals have to bring that running game with them to Baltimore if they if they have to, I don't know, go there and win, I guess, which they did three years ago, I think. Um, CJ Ozama had a touchdown as well. He had a couple in that uh, game against Jacksonville. He's he's slowly like coming coming back out of the ashes for Cincinnati, but Baltimore's offense. Um, we spoke about Hollywood Brown, but Mark, uh, what about Mark Andrews? Um, and and his sort of big game against the Colts. So I'm really looking forward to this. I still do think the Ravens are going to win 31, 24. <laughs> it's a high scoring game that I'm predicting, but what do you think, Dario? Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good score prediction that would hit the over. And I mean, be right on that six and a half bubble that the Ravens are favored by. And I will point out both teams are three and three against the spread. So yeah. this game could really go either way. Absolutely. And what a fun game's going to be in, in Baltimore. Um, and moving on to the afternoon games uh, from Las Vegas, it's the Raiders. And they're at home against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia last weekend, you know, that must have annoyed a few betters, especially those who picked the high in that, in that Buccaneers, uh, the over in the Buccaneers-Eagles game with Tom Brady kneeling uh, towards the end. But the Eagles, I... I, I don't know about the Eagles right now. They they sort of they go and win in Carolina, and then they come home and you know they're suddenly down twenty eight to seven to the Buccaneers. Uh, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Hurts uh, rushing for two touchdowns, but his throwing stats weren't great in that game, uh, especially considering that they were down by twenty one uh, in the middle of the third quarter. Um, they had they didn't have key third down conversions, especially. You know, in the last few minutes of the game when they're down by six, they have a couple of three and outs in the fourth quarter chasing the game. It's It just wasn't working for the Eagles. And then they lose Zach Ertz to Arizona. Um, so, all in all, it definitely wasn't a good week for the Eagles. And now they're against the Raiders. The Raiders last week, 34 points for them in Denver. Uh, Derek Carr looked really solid, 341 passing yards. In fact, he has nearly 2,000 passing yards and is only behind Tom Brady this season. Um, so, big stats from him. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs uh, and Kenny Drake. Again, the running game coming in handy for the Raiders in that game. And it is going to be important for them, uh, knowing how good the, the Philadelphia run game is. Although we haven't seen much of Miles Sanders this season, Dario. What do you think of that? Yeah, they... The Eagles' offense has really confused me this season. Uh, week one, they came out firing on all cylinders, looked like a high-powered offense, and I just really haven't seen a whole lot of that from them since. Uh, I, I guess they, they did put up a lot of points against the Chiefs and what was kind of a back-and-forth game, uh, but they're not really the high-powered offense that they showed in week one. Um, the Raiders, on the other hand, did put up a lot of points last week against a pretty good Broncos defense. And um, and that came after their disappointing loss at home to the Bears. 
And I, I think, I think maybe the John Gruden drama is over and this new, uh, interim coach, I, I forget his name. It's like Rich Basaccia or something like that. Um, yeah, I know he's an Italian guy. I know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe the Raiders are kind of rallying around him because they looked really good against Denver last week, and uh, I think that game was a, a much more in the Raiders' favor than the ten point win that that it shows. Um, the Eagles, on the other hand, like you said, they. I mean, they, they did fight back at, towards the end of the game, but they just did not look good against Tampa. Um, mm. Now, to the Eagles' credit, I will say they've played a pretty tough schedule so far. Uh, their last five games have been Buccaneers, Panthers, Chiefs, Cowboys, and 49ers, all teams that have looked really good this year. 49ers, obviously not so much now that their whole team's injured. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, those, those are some good teams that they've been playing. And um, so I don't know, maybe they'll turn things around here, kind of looking forward to the, what are we, about a a third of the way through the season almost. And, uh, but no, I I still think that the Raiders are rallying too much. And I, I think they're going to, they're going to win this game. And and the Raiders are only favored by three. I think they're going to cover that pretty easily. Yep, Raiders being at home, um, I I agree. I tend to agree with you as well. And and you know, I was talking about the understanding between quarterback and wide receiver. I think Henry Ruggs uh, is slowly sort of climbing that ladder. You know, he had almost a hundred yards in that game against Denver, a good, a decent Denver defense, and and a touchdown as well. So that combination is going to be key. For the Eagles, it's how they run the ball. Really, they got to involve Miles Sanders a lot more. I know Jalen Hurts sort of loves to rush. But Arizona figured this out with uh, Kyler Murray and how he rushes and, and how to keep their running backs happy at the same time. And, and Philadelphia's got to do that, maybe through their play calling. Um, and obviously, they won't have Dallas Goddard. They don't have Zach Ertz anymore. Um, so he definitely have to look for uh, his wide receivers, Jalen Hurts. And that's going to sort of dictate whether the Eagles can sort of stay in touch if they go down big against the Raiders you know they I don't think they're pulling it off um it's it's going to be hard for them away from home so I I still think Raiders going to go to win uh something like 27 to 20 I think uh what about you Dario what do you think yeah no I agree I I don't think the the Eagles offense is really suited to keep up in this game with the Raiders at least not how they've been playing recently uh, so yeah, I, I agree. I, I could even see the Raiders winning this game by double digits. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Raiders at home and uh, looking to make it two and zero since John Gruden's departure, and uh, that's that's going to be a fun game. Um, and you know, speaking of battles, there's going to be a battle between the war, within the war and the next game. It's the it's the Rams against the Lions from SoFi Stadium. Um, and it's going to be Matthew Stafford against his old employers and Jared Goff against his old employers. Uh, well, obviously, the Rams offense is red hot. I mentioned earlier the Cooper Cup, a couple of touchdowns. It, it was the Giants, so let's not look it into it too much. But they are 5-1 this season. Only blip at home was against Arizona. So the Rams definitely look good. Stafford, four touchdowns. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, that understanding the way they work in tandem is is great. And then, of course, the run game with Daryl Henderson. 
uh, has been has been pretty good this this season. The Lions, on the other hand, zero and six. You know, you feel bad for them. They're they're sort of winning everyone's hearts right now. Uh, the kind of losses they have. Less can be said about their most recent loss against the Bengals. Um, not much of anything really for them. Um, DeAndre Swift with the only touchdown. Jared Goff threw for two hundred yards, but uh, apart from run game here and there, you know, I I there was no run game almost for for the Lions and. It, it it really was a sad showing from them at home uh, in Detroit. And, and, and Dyer, I'm going to ask you this. Um, how big of a win is going to be for the Rams? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, I think that's the right question here because uh, I don't know that there's any question who's going to win this game. Uh, the Rams are favored by 15. And part of me really wants to say the Lions are going to cover the 15 points uh, because up until last week they fought hard. They've fought in some close games. Um, it's going to be a bounce back game for Jared Goff against his old team. But on the other side, it's a bounce back game for Matt Stafford against his old team. And I think he is going to show the lions. This is what you gave away. And I, I think the Rams I could see them winning by over 20 points. I, I think they, so they beat the giants 38, 11 last week and the, the lions lost 34, 11. And I think it could be a very similar score this week as well. Absolutely. I mean, the Rams offense is just chugging along and Cooper cups been very, very instrumental in that this season, as is Daryl Henderson in the run game. But, you know, the deep balls from Matthew Stafford, I, th- I think things are just w- working for that Sean McVay offense. Um, for the Lions, though, I mean, tough, tough away game for them. Um, and, and, you know, Jared Goff is, is he's going to be bruised after this one with that playing against his former old, uh, D-line. So I'm going to go Rams 37-14 uh, probably or something like that. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Now I've got a uh, a pretty a pretty fun fun stat here. Um, so do with it what you want for your betting purposes. Uh, the Lions' defense has been allowing two hundred or sorry, four hundred and two yards per game uh, on defense. They've been allowing that. The Rams have been putting up four hundred and ten yards per game. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's just say that. Uh, the Rams might end up putting up like 500 yards of offense this week. I uh, absolutely, and and you know if Henderson keeps breaking tackles and Cooper Cup is found on long balls, it's it's gonna be messy for Detroit. And speaking of messy for for the away team, I mean Arizona are playing home against Houston, um, and you know we spoke about the Jets before. We've spoken about the Giants, Houston are one of those teams that are like in the middle of nowhere. They they really don't have an identity right now. One in five, obviously we know the Deshaun Watson situation, but Davis Mills is not getting the help he needs in terms of a running game. Um, you know, in the in their loss against the Colts, they put up three points. Um Mark Ingram had seventy three yards of rushing, Philip Lindsay forty yards, but not really big 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 games. Brandon Cooks had 90 yards receiving, 
but I, I just don't see them being an offensive threat uh, against a very good Arizona defense who played really well against Cleveland. Um, you know, and, and Baker Mayfield was picked off. He was sacked. Uh, and and I, I just, I, as we were talking about how Jared Goff could have a really, like, tiring day in Los Angeles with that D-line, I could see something similar happening to Davis Mills, Dario, in this game. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, this, I think you worded it perfectly. This, this is going to be messy. Uh, another two teams where the Cardinals are putting up 420 yards per game. The Texans are giving up 401 yards per game. Um, the Texans looked good at the beginning of the year when Tyrod Taylor was there, but it was like, as soon as Tyrod Taylor got hurt, the entire team fell apart. Uh, they had, they haven't been able to run the ball. They haven't been able to pass the ball. Um, and it's just the exact opposite story on the other side of the ball. Uh, the Cardinals have been passing the ball well. They've been running the ball well. Their defense has been pretty good for the most part. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half. I could see them winning this game by 30. It, these two teams are the exact opposite in every aspect right now. Yeah. I mean, one thing I forgot to mention was that the Cardinals are unbeaten six and all probably favorites to win their division. Although the Rams are not far off um, and, you know, one defeat for them could change everything. But I, you know, we spoke about it on the last episode as well and, and a little bit offline that the, the, the Rams definitely look like a solid Super Bowl contender team, but we don't probably think the same about Arizona because the Rams have been solid for the last two, three years. So they've sort of earned that title. But Arizona last year showed flashes of it, and this year they look very good. So you still you still think, hmm, can they really do it? Uh, or is it just, you know, is it just a, a sort of fa- a good phase that they're going through? But I've been really impressed with the job that Cliff Kingsbury has been doing there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he has, he's had his issues this season, but he's slowly coming back to his best. AJ Green's been a big involvement for them. Chase Edmonds with those big runs. The Arizona offense looks really good right now. Um, and there's, you know, Kyler Murray has thrown for 14 touchdowns, um, and 1700 yards this season. So could expect more of that. And, and, you know, I, I agree with you. You said 30. I, I'm going to say something. It could be like a 40 to 7 game or something like that for Arizona. Yeah. The, the Texans already got beat 40 to nothing by Buffalo, 31 to 3 by Indianapolis. Uh, it's going to be more of the same. So, um, yeah, I feel bad. I really feel bad for the Texans. <laughs> but this this is just a game that they, they don't stand a chance. And, I mean, I'm. I, we got a couple as, as we move into this next game, we've got a bunch of just lopsided four o'clock games this week because we've got the Colts or sorry, uh, the bears and the Buccaneers um, as the last four o'clock game. And the, the Buccaneers are favored by 12 and a half at home against the bears. So of, <laughs> the, four, of the four, four o'clock games, three of them have double digit point favorites. So, um, what are you thinking going into that Bears Bucks game? The Bears coming in at three and three, and the Bucks coming in at five at one. 
No, honestly, I mean, I think I think the the Bucks definitely look like a solid team. You know, they they they've looked very professional, especially like in terms of you know their game against Philly last week. They were, as I said, they were twenty eight to seven up. Um, you know, in the third quarter, and then Philly comes roaring back a little bit, and then it's game management. The Bucks, you know, they say, okay, let's let's cut the crap, let's bring back. Leonard Fournette into the game, and then he runs the clock down, and and you know Tom Brady does what he needs to do, without a uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, at tight end, uh, he's had to make do with OJ Howard. OJ Howard getting a touchdown last game. Antonio Brown's been very impressive um, on field this season, ninety three yards and a touchdown at Philadelphia. But it's it's just very professional from the from the Buccaneers. You know, they, it did look like it was slipping away from them. But then, you know, defensive stops. Uh, they were without a couple of key defensive players. But, it, again, they just get the stops on third down and see the game out. And, and that's what Tom Brady is doing in, in his career. What he's, what he's done best throughout his career, he continues to do that. The Bears, on the other hand, I think, you know, 14-24 to 24 against... The Packers, yeah, I, I like Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields has shown more than enough of his capability in this league. Uh, and Khalil Herbert uh, rushing for nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. So they need to get that running game. Uh, they need to produce a similar kind of running performance in Tampa Bay to have any kind of chance because that that Bucks defense is is pretty good and they're going to they're gonna get to Justin Fields. So they're... The Bears need to have alternatives, and one thing the Bears probably can't do, Dario, which I th- which I think is probably the key to the game, is keeping up with the Buccaneers' rhythm and scoring, and that's going to be really hard for them. I think. What about you? Yeah, uh, I actually think this is going to be a closer game than what people think. Um, you said that the Bears need to put an emphasis on running the ball, I really think this is going to be Justin Fields' step-up game into throwing. Uh, The Buccaneers' defense, especially the secondary, is very injured right now. Um, Richard Sherman was already declared out on top of all the other uh, corners that... (laughs) I mean, Richard Sherman was a last resort to them in the first place. Um and the Bears' defense has been good. They're only allowing 20 points a game. So if they can continue that sort of performance and get to Tom Brady, shut their the Bucks' offense down, I don't think the Bears are going to win this, but I don't think they're going to lose by 12 and a half. I, I could see this being like a seven-point game. Not to mention, imagine like somebody yells at you and says that they own you that's going to piss you off. Like I think the bears are going to come into this game pissed off and, uh, and fighting to show that, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers owns them, but Tom Brady doesn't. Absolutely. I, I I do agree with that, that the bears will have to come in with some purpose. And Matt Nagy has been under fire the whole season. Um, and you know, the last season and, and a couple of years for, from now, like, but I do think, well, I think the Tampa Bay, as you said, it might it might not as be as one sided as people think it's gonna be. It's gonna be like a comfortable one score game or something like that for Tampa Bay. I think they'll do what's needed. As I said earlier, they'll probably put in a professional performance. Um, their lead in Philadelphia never looked 
um, under threat uh, or under really serious threat, especially after the Eagles came back. I think it's going to be a similar situation where the Bucks just find themselves a score ahead and then run the clock out. So I, I think 24-17 Bucks. what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I could see uh, a pretty pretty similar scoreline to last week, especially because um, I feel like Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Field play a I, – I mean, they're both young quarterbacks that play a fairly similar style of football. Um, so, yeah, I could see it being a pretty similar result. Sweet. So, both of us going for a Bucks win in Tampa. And then we move on to the Sunday night game that – comes from San Francisco again. <laughs> They're home against the Colts. And after that heartbreaking loss to the Ravens, the Colts definitely pulled it together, albeit against the Texans. But it was a near shutout win. Three points. That defense was on fire. And one thing I've really been impressed with about the Colts uh, through thick and thin this season has been the running game. Um, big fan of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and Naim Hines and, and, the, and the sort of combinations they have 145 yards of rushing for Jonathan Taylor and two touchdowns. I, nightmare for people facing him in fantasy. But I've also been impressed with Carson Wentz a little bit this season. I think he's matured a lot. It, you know, he had that fumble in Baltimore and, you know, the momentum swing, especially when they were already 7 nothing up in that game early in the first quarter. But apart from that, I think he's reading the game a lot better. He's sort of calmed his thinking a lot more under Frank Reich. And and I think this team definitely looks a lot better than their record suggests. Um, and, you know, this, this game is going to be a pretty close one because it is an away game. But San Francisco has injury issues, as you were saying earlier. They're just very, very injured. Um, Trey Lance and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo are questionable for this game. Obviously, Raheem Mostert is on IR, and and you know, they're they're just reeling at the moment. The the 49ers. they're they're gonna struggle a little bit, I think, against this run game. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. What do you think is gonna happen, Dario, in this game? Yeah, I I agree with you. I actually have that exact note down that the Colts are better than the record shows. Um, they've held good teams close, and they've beaten the two bad teams that they've faced. Uh, so I actually like, I think the Colts are going to win this game. Um, I think they're going to win it straight up. They're four point underdogs, but I think money line, the Colts are going to win. Um, I know the 49ers had a buy last week, but their, their injury report is still way too long. Uh, so I, I just don't know that it's gonna, the bye week helped as much as it does other teams. And I, I think the Colts are going to win in San Francisco this week. Um, yep. But I guess looking to the the other primetime game, we've got a an NFC matchup between the three and two Saints and the two and four and also very injured Seahawks. Uh, Saints are five point favorites and coming off of a bye week. Uh, so do you think the Seahawks really stand any chance? I mean, they kept it close in Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot closer than I thought it would be. Honestly, um, that was a crazy game uh, for the Seahawks up and down and, and, you know, obviously fumbles here and there and the game winning field goal from Boswell uh, to sort of seal their fate. But I think Geno Smith did pretty well in that game. I think 
they started off really rattled did the Seahawks in that game they you know no points in the first half and and but they did come roaring back in the second half i think you know they they sort of found a rhythm with Gino and and you know the run game Alex Collins especially i feel like he had a really good game uh i think he had like 100 100 yards and a touchdown as well um and and they found they, they found a sort of rhythm with them but receiving wise you know 58 yards for DK Metcalf 35 yards for Tyler Lockett uh 40 yards for the tight end Everett they're going to have to find more production to those mainline receivers against the Saints uh you know because it's all good and fun having a run game but uh i think i think Geno Smith is you know is especially if he's going to be the the starter for the next 5 6 weeks for the Seahawks and if they're going to fight for a playoff place in that really difficult NFC West uh division i think he has to start burdening a lot more uh or or taking a lot more of the burden which i've seen flashes of it from him but not enough to suggest that you know they can beat new orleans this week and new orleans obviously i i don't know i don't know what to think of them either but they do they do look like a lot more solid uh look like a more solid outfit than the uh, than the seahawks at the moment um it's the fact that they're coming off um of a bye week having beaten washington um and and james winston threw four touchdowns in that game again again we don't know which james winston we're going to get but i think this game is going to be closer than a lot a lot of people think what do you think dario yeah i i agree i i think i'm not even going to bet on a winner in this game uh i think the saints should win but like you said we don't know which james winston we're going to get as well as Geno Smith has looked better in like one and a half weeks than what most people probably thought. Um but I will say where I am betting this game is um, the over under is at 43 points right now which is a pretty low over under. Mm-hmm. And I think this game is easily going to hit the over. Uh I know the Seahawks offense is hurt. I know Jameis Winston um isn't the gunslinger that he was previously in Tampa but 43 is a low over under and just to give you a stat um in the last 9 Monday night football games the over is 7-1 and 1 so with this low of an over i i really got to think that it's going to hit that's pretty promising and uh but yeah i i agree with what you said i think you know the the saints are going to bring their run game obviously with camara and that's that's sort of a given and and the seahawks are going to try and counter that with alex collins but of course camara is as much of a receiving threat as he is you know a running threat in some situations so what is the seahawks and especially seahawks at home they're going to have to they're going to have the crowd the 12th man um they're going to have to please them they're going to have to use home field advantage um and and try and get key completions on third down um which they didn't do enough of in that first half against Pittsburgh so i i still do think the Saints are going to win probably like 23-17 uh something like that uh but it's it's a it's closer than people think it's going to be what do you think yeah no for sure i agree um Yeah, that's that's about all I have to say on that game. I I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, but it's a tough game to predict. 
would not want to be a fan of either one of those teams because you know you don't know what which Gino or which uh, Jameis you're gonna get in that game. So that's rounds up our fix for Week Seven: the Bills, the the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Jaguars. Take a rest uh, this week. Um, and just to touch on each of those teams, um, Buffalo obviously going in with a defeat, but they probably come back out again fresh um, and, and you know, looking to win again. So I've been impressed with them, impressed with the Cowboys, obviously. Um, what do you think about Pittsburgh, your Steelers, um, you know, going into the bye week with a win, a really hard-fought win? But where can they improve, Dario, in terms of upcoming games? Yeah, I mean, it was a much-needed win. And I think this bye week is coming at a good time. Um, and you're going into it on a high note. Um, I, the, the defense has looked good this season. But I tell you what, the Seahawks kind of ran all over them in the second half. Um, so the defense definitely needs to pick it up on their run defense. And... Uh, the offense is slowly starting to come around, but they need to put together more of a complete game. I, I still don't really think the Steelers are going to be a playoff team this year, but um, I mean, I can hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Um, I, I've been impressed with Najee Harris. Very impressed with him. And TJ Watt against the Seahawks was just all over the place. He was he he didn't allow Geno Smith to rest. He probably had nightmares of TJ Watt after the game. But, um, yeah, the Vikings, I think the Vikings definitely, again, I don't know which Vikings to expect on what week um, in terms of Derek, uh, sorry, um, Der- Dalvin Cook in their running game, 140 yards against the Panthers and a touchdown. So he's still doing what he's sort of expected to do <laughs> at this stage. But Kirk Cousins has been impressive, 1,770 yards and 13 touchdowns, just two interceptions from Kirk Cousins. So he's been pretty solid. Um, and then, you know, the Chargers, uh, Chargers go in with, I, I think it as much as it, the, the bye week was a perfect bye week for the Steelers, I think it is for them as well because they've had their defenses let up 47, uh, 42 and 34 points in their last two games. They did beat Cleveland, but their offense could just not keep up against the Baltimore Ravens. So a week to sort of step back and look for them. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can celebrate a dub finally. Um, <laughs> so Urban Meyer um, will definitely appreciate that. And, and Trevor Lawrence did sort of take over in London from last week's uh, predictions, which is what we will head to now. So one thing you're looking forward to this weekend, Dario, uh, I know it's not, we said it's not going to be a good game, but I, I'm just really excited to watch Jared Goff and Matt Stafford face off against their old teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't think it'll be a good game, but I think it'll be like a fun game to watch. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to, just kind of a, a random little tidbit there. How about you? I'm looking forward um to the Bengals and Ravens game. I think AFC North matchups are always very, very sort of high throttle. We touched on this earlier. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I want to see which sort of quarterback-wide receiver partnership comes out on top. I, I really think that's going to be very interesting. Um, now, Lamar does have Mark Andrews to aim at as well, but 
uh, Hollywood Brown this year has been very good um, for me in fantasy, especially. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really do want to see, I, I want to see them sort of go head to head, toe to toe in terms of drives, maybe match each other offensively. And, you know, the Ravens defense, this, uh, you know, in that they looked good against the Chargers. But, you know, if you go back to the Colts game, they didn't. They didn't look really great on third downs. They were not getting stops, uh, and, and you know this Bengals offense can maybe take advantage of that, and you know keep drives going, and you know keep the keep the points flowing. So I'm really looking forward to that. And now we're gonna move on to one bold take from this week, and Dario, I'm gonna start with you. Yeah. Um. So it's a bold take. It's a uh, my bold take this week actually is looking forward to the end of the season but I'm making it based on what I saw last weekend. Um, I know there's 17 weeks in a season now or so mm-hmm. per team. I think the lions are going to go one and 16. Oh, um, I almost said, I think they're going to go. Oh, and 17. Uh, Cause they're Oh, and six right now. They've honestly got a pretty tough schedule throughout the rest of the year. I think they'll sneak in a random one win somewhere. I don't think they'll be the first ever 0-17 team, but that's my bold prediction. The Lions are going to finish 1-16. And, and you know, I'm going to sort of uh, piggyback on that, which is I think the Houston Texans are going to go 1-16. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. But, you know, I, the, the Detroit Lions have just been unlucky. I think the Texans are just – bad obviously they've been unlucky with Tyrod Taylor's situation and you know obviously Deshaun Watson but they they have people in that squad uh you know Philip Lindsay last year with Denver was pretty pretty solid pretty decent um and he's not got an, a, as much rushing yards as you would expect Ingram as well um that offense just looks helpless right now uh, I think I think Detroit every now and then their run game looks pretty good with Swift and Jamal Williams, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see which team ends up one in sixteen, or if they can actually sneak in a win. Uh, <laughs> the the Lions, I mean, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how that pans out through the end of the season. Now, looking forward to a from that from a betting perspective, um, sort of bets to take or locked in bets. I'll start with you, Dario. Yeah, my locked-in bet of the week is the Patriots minus seven at home against the Jets. I know we talked about it already, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but I I don't see how the Patriots don't win this game by double digits at home. Absolutely. I agree with that. At home, Jets, uh, Mac Jones looking better. Let's, that's, that's pretty much a lock in my opinion as well. And I w- But I went for a different game. I went for the Colts. To win at San Francisco, money line plus one seventy. Um, I don't know how they're plus one seventy. Honestly, I would expect much lower odds than that. But the way Carson Wentz is playing right now, and the injuries to the 49ers just, just sort of led me to that. So, wow, that's a that's a, a ballsy lock of the week. You're that yep. confident in the Lions to win, or I sorry, the, the Colts to the win. The Colts to win, yeah. I, I, I do think their run game is just phenomenal at the moment with Taylor and Hines and Carson Wentz is looking a lot better. Yeah. So well we'll see. It'll I think it'll be a good game to watch. Absolutely. Now moving on to your absolute gutsy bet of the week. 
Dario? Yeah, so I know we talked last week. Every every week that we make this bet has to have at least plus 200 odds. Um, and I'm, I'm right at that bubble. I think my pick, my long shot bet of the week is um, maybe not quite as ballsy as um, – as we were originally going for, but I'm looking for the Titans to win against the chiefs this week. They're at home. They're coming off a big win against the bills. They're plus two Oh five to win. The chiefs defense has looked bad. They haven't, been, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. And I really like the Titans money line against the chiefs. For those of you who have Derrick Henry as fantasy owners, you're probably hoping he has another three touchdown game week, honestly. And and and, and Dario, I see that. I honestly see can see that happening. He's he's been so good and that Chiefs defense has let up so many points um in this first few weeks. I went for a different game. Um I said Ravens minus six and a half and the over to hit in the Cincinnati-Baltimore game of 47.5 at plus 255. I can just see that happening for some reason. Um, although, well, maybe I guess it's pretty... I, I, I see it as pretty much a lock as well. Um, we'll see what two teams show up on that day. But two high-powered offenses, I think the Ravens are going to match the Bengals and go one better uh, for plus 255. What do you think? Yeah, I, I actually I actually like that that little parlay you have. Um I I think the over will definitely hit and we'll we'll see how much the Ravens end up winning by if if they win at all. But um I gotta say I, I like it. Yeah. And uh finally Dar, I'm gonna ask you your f- final thoughts for this upcoming week, uh before we before we wrap up week seven of this this year's NFL. Yeah, um I'm going to try to wrap up this week with two words. And it's that I'm hoping that there are no blowouts. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just with especially I think the one o'clock games and some of the night games will be really good. But those four o'clock games with their large spreads, I'm just I'm just hoping for some good football. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? Final thoughts wrapping up going into this week? No, I agree with that. Actually, I, I was gonna say with you know teams going on bye weeks now and the less less sort of three o'clock games in that window or four o'clock games, um, it really, especially after the sort of you're you're really you're, let's say you're just on red zone for like the first with well, the one o'clock games and then you go into the three o'clock games and there's just one less game and then it's always like one team driving all the time <laughs> don't want to see that in the afternoon um but yeah i'm hoping the lions the texans and the bears can keep it close um but i'm really looking forward to seattle against new orleans uh it, it it's it's a game that you know, I, I can't put a finger on depending on which quarterback shows up. I, I do like the Saints in that game, but I think it'd be a lot closer if Geno Smith can find Lockett and and uh, Metcalf a lot more often. So that's how I'm going to say that. So, say that's what I'm looking forward to this, this weekend as well. But anyway, Dario, thank you so much for being on. 
And uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, we're the DGENs. And looking forward to week seven. Thanks for listening.